This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Lion. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Guys, welcome back to the Savage Pass Podcast, presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Floyd Level. With me is my co-host, Dylan Rake. We're back here to discuss all the festivities of the NFL offseason. And wouldn't you know, um, it's, again, Dylan, it's just for our regular <laughs> listeners, they know this. It's just every time we get ready to record, something big happens. Either right before we start recording, uh, during our recording, usually not after we record. It's usually right before or during, so mm-hmm. we have to thank the NFL for that uh, because they usually do a pretty good job of giving us things to talk about on the fly. And sure enough, uh, you and I are recording this podcast about eh, half an hour after uh, the Jets just completed their trade uh, to send Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. Um, which, uh, as we'll, I mean, as we'll discuss here, not a surprise. We knew this was coming. Um, we know that uh, the Jets are locked in on Zach Wilson with the number mm-hmm. two pick. And I mean, at this point, there's no reason for the Jets to trade. Like they're they're going to take it. Um, that's where they're going to sit and be right there with a chance to probably, I guess, you know, for all intents and purposes, Zach Wilson is going to be their starter going into the season. Darnold to the Panthers. Uh, initial thoughts, Dylan. I mean, we kind of talked about it last week in terms of if the Jets would possibly hold on to Darnold for one more season. We kind of came to a conclusion that some sort of move made sense right now. Uh, It just would be too risky for him to stay and possibly perform poorly with all the additions they've made with the new coaching staff. So, I mean, they, by all accounts, it looks, I mean, even from earlier this morning, um, some of the rumors that were out there um, on Get Up ESPN, they talked about, the highest offer some teams were going was like a late third round pick. And even then they were more leaning towards fourth. So for obviously they only, they only get the sixth round pick in 2021, but the Jets already had more than enough draft capital. They're not in any trouble there this season. They add the second and fourth rounders next year. I think it ends up being a pretty good return for them at this point. Um, in terms of the, in terms of Darnold and, and in terms of places for him to go, I, I think it's, a. I mean, we've seen, you know, at, at times the offense looked pretty good with Teddy Looks like now they're probably going to trade him as well. That we have an article coming on that. Um, I yeah, I'm a, I'm curious to see how it works out. I do think for Darnold it is a much better circumstance than than he's been with his whole career with Adam Gase and being able to get a kind of a fresh start with a you know a coaching staff that clearly has shown a willingness to adapt their play calling to the guys they have. 
I, yeah, I just and they have you know they have a fun kind of roster. I was looking at the depth chart still, and even with uh, you know losing some of their some of their talent, they still have you know DJ still there. Robbie Anderson had a really solid season. Bring in David Moore from Seattle. So I mean they have they have some interesting pieces. I'm sure they'll continue to add. Obviously McCaffrey helps a lot too. Um, so yeah, for for Sam in terms of the trade market, it sounds like there weren't too many other places where it. Uh, where they were really in the discussion. I feel like it works out pretty well for him. I'm not sure there was a ton of QB needy teams that really would be better uh, fit for, for Sam and for his own development and, and his hopes of, you know, kind of jump-starting his career. He's still a really young guy. He was really young when he came out of USC. So I think that part of it works out. And for the Jets, it it, it just made sense to kind of move forward at this point. You get it, you know, it didn't work out. You, you trade it up. And, but now it's, you still, you know, with the trades that Joe Douglas has made, they've kind of been able to recoup some of that, draft capital I, and they still could have if they wanted but at this point yeah like you said Zach Wilson all the all the reports and rumors everything is kind of narrowing down on him so they got a fresh start fresh coaching staff fresh front office I, I think for the Jets it just made sense to make this move at this point and uh, maybe a little later than if they had made the move before last year but still still I don't think it, they should be too upset with the, the capital they got in return considering what you know just early this morning was being uh, put out there by other teams. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think for the Panthers, um, you know, I mean, that's that's a division, as we said. I mean, we know the Bucks are the Super Bowl uh, champions, but, you know, the Saints, certainly a new era for the Saints with no Drew Brees. Um, mm-hmm. Falcons, who knows? <laughs> uh, you just, I mean, you don't. Like, you have no idea. A new era there with a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know how quickly they could start to, you know, maybe, I don't know, think about making moves there to go in the opposite direction. Who knows? And it's just, uh, yeah, so I think the Panthers are an interesting spot. And, of course, you know, for Sam Darnold, um, and now it reunites him with, of course, Robbie Anderson and guys like that. So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I look at the Panthers. I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, for the Jets, I mean, we kind of know where things are for the Jets. It's I mean, You're going to be banking on a rookie quarterback and – um, you know, that's never something that, that's easy to figure out. I mean, I think it's just mm-hmm. a matter of wait and see. I don't I think it's going to be it's going to be hard to get a good read on the Jets, um, even though, again, they have a new coaching <laughs> staff, um, new quarterback now. So I think there'll be a team that's hard to get a read on. But maybe the one thing is they're in a division that even I mean, maybe now looks a little bit tougher based on what the Patriots have done, uh, what the Dolphins have done. So. Um, I, I think for both these teams, just, it's interesting to look ahead, not just the next season, but maybe yeah. the next couple seasons um, and, and kind of see where things go. Because obviously two franchises still both have work to do, I think, to get back to the point of, of being mm-hmm. in the playoffs. But um, in interesting spots now, nonetheless. Yeah, I think, I mean, the Jets, like you're saying, in terms of that division, they're still, in my mind, clearly the worst team. Like, even no matter, I guess it really depends how well Zach Wilson plays off the, off the bat. Um, but I mean, that's like we're saying that I think they are taking the right steps, as we've kind of talked about in terms of their philosophy and free agency, their philosophy in the draft, uh, going back to last season. What, how Joe Douglas is not just completely thrown away picks like previous uh, front offices there for the Jets. So. All those kind of things I feel like are moving in the right direction. I, in terms of just the immediate impact, I guess for them, it was just it was time to move on. It kind of felt like that was happening anyway. It's more for the story, I guess. What I'm thinking about is how you know what can Sam Darnold be? Uh, we knew the Panthers were a team that was looking for a quarterback. Tried 
uh, possibly were the, the biggest threat to the Rams getting Stafford. They were in those negotiations. They previously were in the Deshaun Watson negotiations. Um, and then we talked about them with that number eight pick. This is, works out well for teams behind them, like the Broncos and Patriots. Teams are possibly trying to draft quarterbacks. Now they have one last team probably to worry about uh, with the Carolina now getting their guy. Uh, and it just, yeah, they didn't really know who's going to be there, as we've kind of talked about. There could be three or four quarterbacks taken immediately, like, you know, the first three, four picks. It seems like it definitely the first three picks, but even with the Falcons possibly there. So uh, now, uh, yeah, just uh, they have steps. There's different things Carolina has to do. Obviously, they're not a perfect team by any means. They, you know, they're far removed from the team that made the Super Bowl five years ago with only losing one game in the regular season. Uh, on defense, I thought they did, you know, still struggled, but not – the worst run defense like they were in 2019. They were, they were just absolutely terrible. So they've taken some strides. I like their coaching staff. And, I, again, he's, the thing about Sam, though, he's only 23, and now he, he's been only with the Jets in one of their more uh, always dysfunctional <laughs> franchises, at least in recent history, that was pro- potentially in its worst years of dysfunction <laughs> recently, the last few years. Uh, so to see now what he can do with in Carolina, not a perfect situation, but, again, out of the places he could have gone, I think it's it's got to be one of the best. I know some of the the underlying DVOA numbers and those kind of things that are supposed to take out the talent around you still don't really speak too highly of Darnold. But, uh, I mean, for Carolina, I just don't know. I mean, he's still, again, he's still really young, still not going to be an overly expensive quarterback. Um, and I, I just think there is some potential there that hopefully that they're able to tap into. It just didn't feel like Sam got the best <laughs> – best chance and get the best uh, draw here going into the NFL. Now he gets a second chance to possibly make it work out. Yep. We'll see. Uh, Darnold's uh, stats are interesting. I mean, as we said, I think the team has uh, a little bit to do with that. Uh, he's had, let's see, three seasons, 45 touchdowns, 39 interceptions. Um, and then per uh, pro, pro football reference, he's had three comebacks mm-hmm. for game-winning drives. So, you know, when you consider that he's only won 13 games, I mean, four game-winning drives, that's a pretty pretty nice percentage. I'd say, yeah. of uh, being able to lead uh, that many. So um, that's – I'm with you. I think it's – like it just it's so hard to know because of the team he's been on. And so um, we'll see. I think certainly he's – he has more upside, I, I feel like, with the Panthers just because mm-hmm. of that offensive staff. You talked about it. I mean, you know, you've got guys, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, those kind of guys who – I don't know. I just feel like it's uh, it's a better situation for him maybe to see mm-hmm. exactly what he's made of. So uh, that's what we will do with Sam Darnold. Uh, we'll do the same with the Jets and uh, trying to figure out what things <laughs> will look like for them. Although, um, who knows? Uh, it's just um, I think we're, we're in a wait-and-see approach probably on the Jets. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, yeah, it's definitely a, a longer kind of turnaround for them, even if they are making the right moves. I think that's maybe the, if you're a Jets fan, that's the focus here. Like, obviously, you're disappointed that Sam Darnold just overall didn't work out, considering, you know, when he was drafted, the hype around him with with the whole fan base. But at this point, I, if anything, I mean, given what the market appeared to be for Sam, I think it, it's just a sign of those kind of little moves, little pieces in the right direction with Joe Douglas now down making all the decisions because – previously I feel like with past front offices there, they would have not been able to negotiate anything like this uh, trade. And it seems like the Jets were able to just squeeze out, you know, finally got to that high enough price point from all indications that the Panthers were eventually just willing to meet. So, I mean, just really from the values standpoint on this trade alone, I think for the Jets, that's the, that's the bigger takeaway, what that actually means in terms of the future for everything else they're building. That's only part of the equation, but it's just, 
a sign of a more functional <laughs> uh, approach from the front office, which I think is something you should be happy about for all Jets fans. Yeah, I think uh, Schefter brought up, too, about the connection. Um, I think it was Schefter talking about that rule whenever he – or maybe it was someone – maybe it was Rappaport. I, I may be getting mm-hmm. it mixed up. But something about the, the connection where Rule had interviewed for the job, right, for the Jets job several years ago, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I'm trying to find this as we're talking because it's it's bugging me. I just saw this literally, and I'm like, wait a second, which one of these guys tweeted it? Um, I, this is all right. This it is, might be Rappaport. Okay, um, Rappaport. There, there you go. something recently he just yes. tweeted, yeah. There you go. It's Rappaport. Sorry. I, of course, it's easy to get the two mixed up when there's breaking news uh, because they, they have nuggets everywhere. But, yeah, it says – so the Rappaport tweeted out that when Rule interviewed for the Jets job three years ago, he had a virtual meeting with Sam Darnold. Um, and basically, you know, Rule was an instant fan of Darnold's, and so that's mm-hmm. something, you know, that would obviously make sense in terms of the, the connection. So, um, so there you go. They'll have a chance to uh, put the Panthers uh, maybe back uh, towards the playoff hunt there. Uh, we'll see if that happens. may not be this year, but uh, they at least we'll see if they're on the right track with Darnold. All right, let's turn to uh, something we mentioned in the previous episode we were going to do is look at some of these uh, Super Bowl contenders for next season, obviously we've got plenty of time to discuss um, who exactly they are, what they will, uh, what their outlook is in terms of having a chance to get there. But if we look at the uh, Super Bowl contenders for 2021 and the biggest needs um, that we look at for each of these teams, and uh, Dylan, you've gone through and put <laughs> together the top eight uh, contenders. Now these are based on just on the odds uh, yeah. bet online and, um, put these together so the top eight teams in terms of the odds for winning the Super Bowl uh, in the 2021 season so uh, let's start at the bottom of this list so we're going to go work our way to the favorite which I don't think it's going to probably be too surprising who the number one and number two favorites are uh, if you have watched football in the past year Uh, but uh, let's start with the two teams that have the uh, the same odds in terms of our top eight here these two are tied uh, for that spot, and that is the two divisional foes here in the AFC North with the Ravens and the Browns, both at uh, plus 1,800 here as uh, the ones to potentially win the Super Bowl in 2021 season. And, Dylan, when you look at these two teams, um, I think probably, uh, I think we both know, there's, you know, looking at potential options offensively, uh, you know, a bit for the Ravens, I think. We talk about their receiving core that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, probably the same with the Browns. We know they have good receivers, but um, as you have on your notes here, it wouldn't hurt them to have another one um, yeah. to add to that group. But uh, so, some interesting spots here because these are two teams we know. Uh, Browns had a really strong finish. Uh, Ravens, you know, still feel like they want to have that opportunity to take that next step. Uh, but these are two teams that are that are kind of ranked here for a reason in terms of uh, what they could accomplish next season. Yeah, both teams have, obviously, we saw by the end of the year, <laughs> both of them making it to the divisional round, both having, you know, really strong seasons for the Ravens, maybe a little disappointing given what they put out there in 2019. But I do see, I can kind of understand why they have similar uh, betting odds. They both have, you know, their obvious strengths. Other things, not so much like you mentioned with the receiver for, I don't think signing uh, Sammy Watkins is really going to solve everything for, <laughs> for uh, Baltimore. He does provide that kind of, Sammy, but again, I think he just, as we kind of talked about previously, thrives better when he's not supposed to be the number one guy. Maybe still isn't. Maybe they'll still be able to find someone in the draft. Uh, so that's definitely a need I think that they have to address. 
Uh, different needs than the Browns. Obviously, we talked about last year how awful they were in the secondary. They've, they've really they've addressed it a bit, but I still think cornerback, they absolutely could use another guy. Um, obviously, Miles Garrett's a monster, but they don't really have that option across from him right now. I think it's they signed Takaris McKinley. I kind of at this point on the depth chart is showing up as the starting uh, right end. I, I just think maybe that's definitely something they could improve on a bit more along with the secondary uh, at corner, at least now that they've, you know, they went hard in, in free agency to make sure they could figure it out at safety. Still think Grant, Grant Delpit has going to be able to have a lot to offer uh, going into the rest of his career. John Johnson, though, is obviously I'm going to be more high and I'm a little bit biased just based on what I've watched with him with the Rams for so many years. But I do think they figured it out a bit more there. Uh, yeah, offensively, I mean, they if their offensive line stays healthy, we saw how great they were ranking him as one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I think we saw Baker, what he's able to do in his continued development and what he's able to do when he has time. So I don't think, you know, whether – you could have a debate maybe eventually about what kind of contract extension he's going to be getting and what he deserves and what the Browns should offer and what other quarterbacks can do in this with all these weapons and that offensive line. But that's a whole different discussion at this point. Yeah, I just think it's – I mean – with the it's just the depth at receiver. Like I, I like Donovan Peoples Jones. <laughs> I like when you know some of the chemistry that Baker has with Rashard Higgins, but I it's not something that I'm feeling like overly confident relying on those kind of guys. So uh, you know, hope you know, hopefully Odell will be completely healthy. Jarvis is great, but I, I think one more weapon uh, in the receiving game. They're so strong at tight end. Uh, you know, with Hooper and if Njoku can stay healthy and have Harrison Bryant too, it's like they have they have enough tight end depth. So that's where I look at these teams. And I'm glad you mentioned that we're doing this based on the betting odds because, yeah, I, I get a whole other debate, I guess, could be whether these are the top eight Super Bowl favorites. I, I tend to think they're pretty on, maybe a little too high on the Rams as we get to them eventually. But that's another interesting factor here. There's, I was trying to look it up just now to, to cross-reference because I did this earlier before the podcast. And I think because of the Panthers-Jets trade, they've temporarily taken the the odds down, although I don't know why that would really <laughs> impact either team's Super Bowl odds too much this year, at least. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I don't think that would uh, be too significant in terms of <laughs> what. Uh, I'm not going to be picking either one of them. I can tell you that for sure. So um, that that I can guarantee you. So there's a spoiler alert for when we do our predictions. Um, that, that will not be on my list. So, uh, to, to, so there you go. Um, I kind of, I kind of uh, glossed over the Ravens. I did want to say, outside of receiver, though, edge rusher, absolutely, with, with Judon and Gakwe leaving, that uh, on defense, at least for the Ravens, that's the one glaring uh, spot that I think they really need to work on. But otherwise, on defense, I think they're pretty set. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, two, two teams that are very intriguing, as we said, based on how they, they finish the season and uh, potentially what they could uh, accomplish uh, in terms of uh, this next season here. All right, the new the, the other teams that are a little bit ahead of them, uh, two teams in particular, the Bills and the 49ers, uh, plus 1,400 here on the board uh, as the uh, Super Bowl odds uh, for them. And I think the 49ers, Dylan, you know, you start with them, uh, certainly they're going to have a – the quarterback situation is going to be, you know, the big thing here in terms of uh, what that looks like. We know that seemingly because they traded up at three, they're going to play the quarterback. Um, then I think it's just a matter of, okay, what's the next move after that? Um, Trade-wise, you know, Jimmy G, all this other stuff, there, there's lots of different directions. Things could go in for the Niners. Um, so I think that's certainly an intriguing situation. 
Meanwhile, for the Bills, um, we know they're set at quarterback uh, in terms of what mm-hmm. they're doing. And you know what? If Josh Allen um, decides that he wants to retire from football, well, they got Mitch Trubisky now. So um, <laughs> they're, they're going to be just fine uh, in terms of uh, their possibilities. But uh, nonetheless, uh, both – uh, still, as we know, uh, every team has uh, needs. You're not a perfect team, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, what are the ones you look at with these two? Yeah, luckily less needs for contenders usually. If we if we really went through every team, we'd <laughs> right. get down some some really dark uh, we, we, dark we places. We have a big podcast on the AFC South. Like I just tell oh, you that right now. So. <laughs> so yeah, with the I mean the Niners obviously last year everything did not work out, but mostly because of injuries. They still have a ton of talents. Uh, still a pretty good situation with their. Uh, roster overall I think they will be fine that's why I'm not surprised they're maybe they're a little bit higher odds wise than I would have anticipated maybe I would have put them down a little bit more in the Browns Ravens area but for them yeah quarterback it's a pretty important one so hopefully they get that right we'll see as we've talked about all the different guys they could possibly be looking at Mac Jones Justin Fields Trey Lance like there's going to be a lot of different options with you know with Lawrence we're expecting and Zach Wilson going one two at this point it seems pretty pretty set there the intrigue starts with them and Hopefully one of those guys will – honestly, a great situation as we kind of – I kind of joked about last time, the cliches are like any quarterback would love to play in the Shanahan system. But, hey, I mean, if you can get a guy that's actually really good and combine that with the talent that they have and they're still able to maintain their offensive line uh, yeah, pretty well. So I think that works out for them. They could definitely – maybe like a guard is the one offensive position otherwise that I put on there. I think they're – Pretty good position. Otherwise, they did a good job re-signing a lot of their secondary. They had a lot of guys that came off. Um, they were free agents this year, and they were able to retain a lot of them, which says a lot about not just um, you know their ability with the cap and how much flexibility they've been able to allow themselves to have, but also just the culture they've built and guys want to continue to play there. So that's a good another good sign for the Niners. I do think they'll be back in the playoffs most likely uh, next season. And then the Bills, um, like you're saying, they're not a ton of huge concerns. I'd, uh, I'd like them to have a better number two corner across from Tredavious White. Uh, they do have uh, Hughes is, is in his last year of his contract. They don't really have a lot of premier pass rushers, um, you know, outside of him. So that's where I put defensive end, edge, some someone that can get to the, you know, can rush the passer a bit better. It's, we saw at different times that they did not put against a, a banged up Chiefs offensive line. They did not have the same kind of luck that uh, Tampa did with their amazing defensive front. And then, yeah, uh, another thing with the Bills last year, they weren't the most dominant team running the balls. It kind of ended up being a bigger problem as the year went on. We saw <laughs> when they beat the Colts and barely held on, they had like the first, whatever, 15, 20 plays were all pass plays. <laughs> uh, just completely abandoned the run because they just were not an efficient running team. So a uh, center would be good. And yeah, just a little more interior of the offensive line. But uh, both teams, and I think I'm still a little more comfortable with the Bills because I know, you know, they have the same odds, but I know what I'm getting at quarterback with Josh Allen at this point is one of the, you know, uh, MVP candidate last year. There's no reason for me to believe he's going to take a huge step down. Still have a lot of talent. We talked about Emmanuel Sanders fitting perfectly into what they have. So, yeah, two teams that may have yeah, different – I don't really don't know, you know, odds on them being exactly the same. But uh, both teams, I guess, they don't have that many needs. It's just the Niners' biggest need quarterback is uh, probably the biggest, most important one you can think of. Yeah, I think so, and that will kind of determine, again, maybe which direction their odds head in um, heading into the next season. But uh, for now, interesting spot for the Niners. Again, a team that uh, we knew, I mean, was you know near the near the top of the world uh, two seasons ago, and um, now you know certainly an interesting dynamic for them. And like you said, the Bills uh, should be fine. Sort of keep things uh, chugging right along there. 
uh, for them. All right, we have to spend some time on this next team um, because Dylan, you know, goes from his favorite team or the second favorite team in the Bills to his favorite team in the Rams. Um, let's talk about the Rams. They're in the same category with the Packers, which, um, you know, I think should make Rams fans happy in terms of uh, being, you know, part of the two teams behind the top two teams, which we'll get to in a second. Yeah. The Rams and the Packers, both plus 1,200 here uh, as we look at the odds uh, from, from Bet Online. For the Rams, uh, we know quarterback situation seemingly in good shape uh, with Matthew Stafford now there. And, um, you know, knowing that the he's he's got some, some weapons to work with. But, Dylan, to be able to work with those weapons, you got to have time to throw. And um, that may be something that I know you have uh, on your list here is one particular thing uh, the Rams uh, need to look at. So. Yeah, I mean, they, they retained most of their offensive line, but losing Austin Blythe, who really took some big steps forward, and for him to only sign with the Chiefs for, I think it was only a one-year million-dollar deal, it, that was definitely kind of a, a gut punch, <laughs> given how, you know, they, unlike the Niners, they have not done an amazing job with uh, managing the cap, and it hurt them, obviously, with every team getting hurt with the cap going down this year on, based on the pandemic, but for the Rams, it really, with all the dead money that they've taken on and the money they have, you know, locked up to really important players. It's just they don't have enough space to really um, retain guys as, as easily as you'd like that are in that kind of mid-range. So, yeah, offensive line, I, they were so good last year, and that really did help them a lot. They're a much better run-blocking group than pass-blocking. But, you know, with Stafford, I don't I don't want a repeat of some of those years in, with the, the Lions where just getting beat the heck out of them uh, running around. So they still have um, – you know, again, they have most of the their offensive line back, but Whitworth's not getting any younger. Uh, to expect other guys to just step up uh, behind him if he gets hurt again, it's just it's not. They're going to have to address it. I, last year, I was kind of surprised when they didn't really draft uh, and really focus uh, their, their draft strategy on the offensive line. I think this year, I know we always say sign uh, free agents to your needs, not in the draft. You want to just pick the best players available. But I do think, yeah, they they need an offensive tackle there, and there's a lot of guys that should be available for them. Uh, when they get to their second-round pick. So they, I think they'll be able to, hopefully, this year, I'll be a little disappointed if they don't figure out at least one uh, one, off, one offensive lineman, but especially a tackle, I think, is where they should focus it on. Uh, we'll see if Brian Allen, who's been in the system, the takeover at center, that's still a lot to expect them to do what Blythe did last year. And then, yeah, edge rusher, I mean, they bring back Leonard Floyd, but they don't really have a, a great number two option outside of him. It's kind of uh, the same thing we're looking at uh, with the Browns in terms of obviously when you have Aaron Donald, it's a little different. <laughs> so you have a pass yeah. rusher that from the interior that no, no one in the NFL has. But there are some interesting options where if they do feel comfortable about waiting a, a little bit longer to draft an offensive lineman, they could get an interesting edge guy um, with that second round pick as well. And then linebackers has been perpetually the one of their concerns. I know with their system, it's not really the most important position, but uh, you did see at times last year, I mean, Kaiser played great, um, and Littleton did not look as good with the Raiders as he did with this, during his whole Rams career. So hopefully they continue to develop guys. But those are the main needs I, I see for them. I still They lost a lot of talent uh, across the whole roster and in the secondary, but luckily they've just they've really become a – uh, factory of, of great DBs, whether it be guys that are overlooked, guys that are late uh, draft picks and whatnot. They've they've done a great job developing there. Um, so that, that's why I didn't really put that as uh, one of the needs for me. And obviously at receiver, I feel like at this point, they're pretty set with um, with the group that they have in place. So that, uh, yeah, they should – I mean, we'll see if Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy. But he does provide 
you know, outside of the, the things that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods do. And I think Van Jefferson, we saw him really take steps. Um, I think they're pretty set at the receiver position. And Tyler Higby also has been great at tight end. That's a good segue. The Packers, um, as we said right there, uh, Packers receiver-wise. Think, you think they still need a receiver? You think that's something that uh, Green Bay <laughs> fans are talking about after this offseason? Yeah, I, I, I'm guessing so. I don't see why. <laughs> I, I, I mean, by the over the course of the year, obviously, we talked about that last year after the draft, and that didn't really uh, pan out how so many of us thought. Like they, they were fine. Like a lot of these guys really stepped up. Um, there, are, you know, some mistakes here and there, but overall, um, I think the development that they've been able to do with receivers has been impressive. But I still think they have to, it has to be considered still as one of the the top needs. I don't think you just be like, well, I can't completely content with what with uh, what we saw. Um, but yeah, they, a number t- like if they just really had a really strong number two receiver, we saw back in the when the Packers were really good when they won their Super Bowl over a decade ago and at the end of Favre's career there all the different receiving talent they had I I don't think it's I'm not you know we can we can acknowledge that those guys stepped up that Lazard played great uh you know Valdez Scantling all these guys had you know solid seasons but they aren't premier receivers and when you look at the Packers I you know they do lose um uh Corey Lindsley and the offensive line, I still think that maybe it could be a kind of concern, but the guys that have filled in, it's filled in for Bakhtiari at different times. I thought they did a pretty good job. Look how they, they stood up for most of that game against the Bucks, against that uh, uh, amazing front that they had. So I didn't really put, I didn't put that down as a need. I thought maybe you might think that would be one um, corner out, outside of uh, Jair Alexander. Definitely think they could use, I mean, with Kevin King, I mean, not that he is someone that they really love, but nonetheless was a productive player at different times. So um, I still think they need someone else to really fill in as a number two uh, corner. Uh, but again, we're getting to these teams that are so good um, that they, it's hard for me to say, like, yeah, the defensive line wasn't perfect. I put defensive tackle down too. Um, but it's not like the most pressing need. Like, I mean, Kenny Clark's solid, but they, yeah, they don't have a great guy to pair with them. So um so yeah I mean if you're the I, I think the Packers should have again talking about these odds I think they should have better odds than the Rams I'd feel a lot better about my team having I know I'm excited for Stafford um as the quarterback for the Rams but when you have Aaron Rodgers and what they're able to do I think it's a little bit made uh, too much made about you know how they didn't make the Super Bowl when just a few little kind of plays go differently and they're they're in that game against the Chiefs instead of the Bucks. really I mean they it really could have gone either way, just few different kind of turning point moments where the the plays were made and little just tiny mistakes that even with the roster construction they had, they were right there. And I don't think there's any reason they're going to take a huge step back. Um, so, yeah, I think they should have the third best odds, in my opinion, like alone from yeah. the Rams. The Rams should be – I put the Rams down more. I would put them below the Bills. Like I wouldn't have them being higher than the Bills. Bills played right in that range. Put the Rams more with like the Niners and the, the Browns kind of area. That's where I think they are more fit, really. Well, there's your betting advice, uh, listeners, <laughs> for the day. Don't take the Rams right now. See if they move down a bit because uh, not sure that you're getting the amount of value maybe that yeah. uh, you should. Uh, for that futures bet uh, with the Rams. All right, let's just lump in these two, the two teams that played uh, in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Bucks. The Chiefs are uh, the favorite overall. Bucks not very far behind um, mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl uh, here. And I mean, 
you know, I think, as you said, we've gotten to the point now to where these two teams, there's a reason why they were in the Super Bowl. There's not a lot to pick yeah. apart, but um, <laughs> there there are still some things, I guess you could say, uh, that you could find with these two. And I know, Dylan, one of the things you have in common, cornerback, uh, uh, one of the, the two things here, or one of the many things, I mean, not, not a ton, but uh, of the differences, there are the cornerback seems to be a, a common thread here with these two teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the I, I do think overall the, the Bucks have less, like, like the, the Chiefs have Mahomes and he makes up for a ton of things, but you wouldn't say they were a perfect team by any means. I, I think, yeah, corner for both teams, I mentioned, just because the Buccaneers don't really have like a second really premier, like amazing cornerback. Um, I, I mean, they have really good safety play and that was kind of like the, the highlight of their secondary. And I thought certain guys stepped up, Sean Murphy, Bunting. I mean, all the they had a solid season, but they don't really have like that shut down number one corner. So when I look at their, their construction, I mean, they're so sound up the, you know, up the middle, maybe they could use based on how they play their defense with, you know, we think of all the pass rushers, but Levante David, or uh, sorry, Jason Pierre Paul is more of a, an outside linebacker. They don't have maybe the best second DN behind Sue, William Golson. You could probably make an improvement on that, but it, we're kind of picking and choosing that defense is really, really good. And with the safety play they have, it makes up for some of the issues of corner. That's I really, I put down another corner and running back question mark because yeah, I just yeah. think like they could have maybe, you know, Ronald Jones is solid, but I wouldn't say they, and for we all love playoff Lenny. It was a great time, but I wouldn't say that's like their biggest strength. So really, honestly, they can just, they can kind of look at the draft more than any other team in terms of just drafting the best players. Cause I don't think they need, anything and there's there's a dangerous chance that Najee Harris drops to them <laughs> at the end of the first round and then you imagine putting him <laughs> into that into that offense it gets it gets really scary the Chiefs still again definitely more kind of needs for me um signing Joe Tooney from the from the Patriots I thought that was really important I just talked about how they were able to get Blythe for such a cheap deal but I still think uh obviously at, at tackle with uh you know with shorts gone and I do think they need to probably uh address that that's probably one of you know just making sure <laughs> as good as Patrick Mahomes is you need to protect him and we saw against teams with really premier pass rushes what can happen to that amazing offense and maybe like one more receiver uh you know they lose Sammy I still think they have a lot of really fun talented guys but no one that's really outside of Tyreek and Kelsey if they could have one more big receiving threat that's probably the last uh, need I'd put down for them it's probably unfair uh, as well if, uh, if they, they do add another one uh, for defenses, hey. so hey, trying to get richer. The rich are trying to get yeah, richer here. These true. are <laughs> these are the best teams in the NFL. You gotta do what you gotta do, but uh, yes, uh, would not be ideal if uh, both of these teams were to address all of these needs uh, and do it successfully. Uh, as we know, it's not always easy to do, but if they do, um, they could very well meet again uh, in the Super Bowl uh, yep. next season. But uh, there you go. There's just uh, some thoughts on uh, the top contenders as they stand right now based on the odds for the Super Bowl. And uh, obviously we'll dive more into uh, these teams uh, throughout uh, you know draft season as we start to lead into the draft and uh, really start to look at things in the summer. Uh, before the start of next season. But for now, Dylan, lots of stuff happening over Clutch Points. Uh, got a lot going on. Again, we just mentioned it, uh, the build-up to the draft, not too far away now. Um, lots of stuff happening in free agency. Of course, we've got a big trade with Sam yep. Darnold. Um, and then lots of other stuff happening as well, uh, both in uh, the NBA and MLB. 
Yeah, we have all the fallout of the Sam Darnold trade being covered, lots of different angles grading the trade, uh, looking at trade destinations for Teddy Bridgewater. So get all that at clutchpoints.com. We're this week really going to start pumping up uh, the amount of draft coverage, a lot of looking at uh, top players for, you know, all the first-round picks uh, for each team, guys that, that they should really be just, uh, narrowing down to. We've had some mock drafts come out, so we'll continue to, uh, as we approach the draft, we're just going to have more and more of that kind of content. Excited for the draft again in our, our coverage here. And then, yeah, with baseball back, you can follow all the games in the Clutch Points app as well as all the NBA games. Um, getting close-ish, I guess still a little bit longer for the playoffs or for basketball because of uh, – the season starting later, but yeah, a lot of a lot of coverage in the in the Clutch Points app as well for all those games. Yep, check all that out there, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Any podcast app you use, you can search for us. So the established pass on there, and subscribe. That way, you don't miss any episodes that we have on the way. So do that. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Pass.